1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your guide to the latest on the news and arts and culture. And today, we're talking about inflation. If you've noticed paying more for your groceries lately, you're not alone. Nearly every item got more expensive over the last year, whether you're buying eggs, milk, meat or produce. That's according to the latest U.S. inflation report. The data also show that costs for food, gasoline and rent played the biggest role in driving up inflation to a new 40-year high. Later, we'll hear from Chicago restaurateurs about how they're navigating increasing prices. But first, NPR's chief economics correspondent Scott Horsley walked us through the latest numbers. Scott, what are we seeing in this new report?
2: Well, as you say, gasoline was a a big driver of the the June increase, and food uh, continues to go up in price. But one of the things that was really worrisome here is that even when you take away those typically volatile categories of food and energy, so-called core inflation was was also uncomfortably high, 5.9% in June compared to a year ago. And the increase in core prices between May and June was actually larger than the month before. Mm-hmm. So what this suggests is that inflationary pressures are are spreading to pretty much every corner of the economy, and and they're getting really uh, stubborn and sticky. One of the one of the big categories that people have been watching is is rent, uh, because you know rents. Don't almost almost never come down. Uh, gasoline prices might go up and down, but rents pretty much only go in one direction. Right, right. And, and rent rents are, are rising at a, at a rapid rate. Uh, so all of that makes it uh, more challenging for the Federal Reserve to get prices back under control.
1: So we saw a 9.1 percent overall uh, increase in inflation. Grocery store prices up 12.2 percent as well. Wow, that's a big jump.
2: Yeah, and you know some of the components you mentioned about both chicken and eggs uh, even higher. Chicken prices up eighteen point six percent over the last year. Eggs up more than thirty three percent. Part of that is due to the uh, the avian flu that's decimated some of the laying flocks. But you, you know, you, th- this is no longer a case where you can point to sort of one off instances and say, okay, well that. The reason car prices are up is because of the chip shortage, or or the reason egg prices are up is because of the avian flu. When you're seeing prices up in almost every category, Uh, television sets did get cheaper over the last year. Uh, Smartphones got cheaper over the last year. But when you look down the long column, there are very few negative numbers in this chart. Uh Almost everything's getting more expensive.
1: Have wages kept up with inflation?
2: No. Average wages in June were up. Uh, 5.1% uh, from from a year ago, so that's obviously well short of the 9.1% inflation rate. Uh, now, some some of the lowest income workers have seen larger raises, so so in some cases they may be keeping pace. But generally speaking, folks are seeing their real purchasing power eroded here. Uh, now, the Fed might have actually been a little bit encouraged by that that wage growth figure for for June because it was a little bit lower than it had been the month before. And that suggests maybe there's a little bit more slack in the labor market, which is something that central bank has kind of been looking for as a, as a signal that maybe things are cooling off a little bit. That's what they want to see. But of course, if you're, if you're trying to pay the bills and your, your wage growth is slowing, that's not necessarily a a recipe for, for uh, feeling good about your, your pocketbook.
1: We're going to be talking to um, some restaurant owners in in just a moment, Scott, you know, let's talk about food prices here. I have, they risen the most, or have we seen higher uh, increases elsewhere?
2: Well, energy prices are going up faster than food prices, but food prices are going up a lot now. Yeah. I guess,
1: I know you said rents if, are up any too. consolation
2: yeah. for the restaurant owners, um, restaurant prices have gone up a little bit more slowly than grocery prices. They've, they've both gone up a lot, but as you pointed out, uh, grocery prices are up more than twelve percent. Uh, restaurant prices are up only, uh, about uh, only, I say, uh, in quotes, uh, less than 8%. So I guess you could argue that restaurant meals are a relative bargain compared to, to grocery prices, but they're, they're both going up too fast for most people to be, to feel comfortable. In, and, and that's going to, you know, upset people's tummies.
1: Yeah. What's the difference for consumers between grocery store price tags and eating out at restaurants?
2: Well, as I say, I mean, generally speaking, restaurant meals cost more, so it's a a larger base. People maybe feel like they're splurging a little bit when they go out to eat. Back before the pandemic, we were actually spending more than half of our overall food budget outside the home. Uh, That shifted a lot in the early days of the pandemic when a lot of restaurants were closed Mm -hmm. and people were kind of hunkered down, and, and so a larger chunk of the food budget's now being spent uh, on, on groceries than it is outside the home. But but it, over the last year, for the 12 months ending in June, grocery prices increased faster than restaurant prices. Now, that's not to say you, you're really better off uh, eating out mm-hmm. uh, or you're going to save money by eating out, but the relative increase over the last year has been even faster in the supermarket than it has been at, uh, at, the, at the restaurant.
1: And, and I'm thinking of the impacts to, to restaurant owners and, and small businesses who haven't increased their prices to try to account for these rising costs.
2: Well, yeah, I'll be interested to hear what your what your restaurant owners have to say about that. Most of the restaurant owners I talk to uh, have been increasing their prices, oftentimes, you know, more more rapidly than they do in in normal times. Restaurant owners who usually raise prices once a year are doing it two or three times a year because the, the their their material costs are going up so bad, their ingredient costs are going up. Plus, their rents are also rising. Their energy costs are also rising, and in many cases, their labor costs have risen uh, substantially over the last year. Uh, that's good for folks who work in restaurants, that they're getting you know more money uh, for, to do that to do that work these days. But it certainly it, it is a challenge for the for the restaurant owner. And so most most of them are raising prices. Uh, but but as I say, their prices have gone up more slowly than mm-hmm. the grocery prices.
1: Is there any end in sight here,
2: Scott? You know um it, there is some suggestion that June may have been the high water mark for annual inflation, but I was saying that <laughs> about March's inflation rate too so yes. i I've, I've been I've been wrong before and and uh, and and frankly the the watchdogs at the Federal Reserve who who for much of last year thought that this was going to be a transitory period of rising prices have been proven wrong so uh, while the, the the drop in gasoline prices in recent weeks and some of the uh, the decline in commodity costs for things like uh, grain and and crude oil and copper and building materials does suggest that maybe June was the the peak of inflation, uh, it's it's just hard it's hard to make any any confident predictions that we've we've seen the worst of this. It's it's even if even if we do see prices come down, they're coming down from a you know from a very high place. Mm-hmm. And it could take a long time before That's we true. get back to the sort of two percent inflation that we were used to for the better part of the last few decades.
1: I wish you were ending on a better note. <laughs> That's NPR's Scott Horsley. Thank you for the update, Scott.
2: It's my pleasure, Sasha. I wish the news were a little better.
1: Now let's hear from business owners impacted by these rising food prices in our area. With us is Manish Malik, owner of Rue Chicago, and Bar Goa in River North. Welcome back to Reset, Manish.
3: Hi, glad to be back. Thank you so much.
1: Also joining us is Eric Williams, who's owner and executive chef at Virtue Restaurant in Hyde Park. He also won this year's James Beard Award for Best Chef in the Great Lakes region. Hi, Eric, and congrats.
4: Hi, thanks so much for having me.
1: So we just heard from NPR's Scott Horsley. He talked about food prices um, having risen more than overall inflation. Does that sound about in line with what you're seeing at Virtue?
4: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, who could have imagined that, like, chicken would be at the lead on on rising prices in terms of protein? So we've seen some, some proteins raise 50 uh, percent, some almost double.
1: Wow. So that's where the climbing prices are hitting you the hardest, you'd say?
4: Um, Well, you know, we would echo the sentiment. The reality is, you know, we've got high um, food costs. We have high rents. We have high fuel costs. And then we have high labor,
2: Mm -hmm. which
4: puts a lot of strain on the success of, of any business, let alone restaurants where you're in the business of serving perishables.
1: Uh, Manish, I hear you've been having some seabass troubles. Yes. How has inflation impacted your restaurants?
3: Uh, I mean, you know, just all all the variables that Chef Eric mentioned, um, everything is through the roof. Seabass fluctuates almost fifty to one hundred percent, depending upon various factors, and it's, we can be changing prices every day uh, because you know uh, restaurants are fearful of losing customers. So we have to, many times, just eat up and hope that uh, things will subside and settle down. But uh, to uh, Scott's point earlier, we were thinking March might be the high level point for inflation. Doesn't seem like there's any respite uh, with all the, all the various things going on around the world.
1: Do you raise prices to to meet your costs? I know Scott mentioned. Restaurant owners that he's been talking with have been not just raising them, but more frequently than they had to before.
3: Not as uh, frequently as we would like to, but we are now being forced to, you know, look hard and and change our pricing model to uh, be more dynamic and real time, just how the groceries and uh, you know pumps are, petrol pumps are.
1: Eric, how about you? How are you navigating? raising prices for for patrons at your restaurants?
4: Again, you know, we're we're fearful as well. I don't think that the general public processes food in the restaurant the same way they process it, you know, the pricing in in grocery stores. Like for many of us, we just don't understand how much energy and how much effort goes into an actual meal, how many people are being trained, you know, how many drivers it takes to get to our back door. Uh, Like there are a lot of intricate parts to physically preparing a meal, even the simplest meal that you eat, packaging, dishes, and so on and so forth. And so we've, we've gradually raised our menus, prices, and we're going to have to continue to raise them until we catch up with the market. You know, mm-hmm. we, we um, position our restaurant so that we don't scare off or ward off any of our, our, our diners. But I think people are starting to understand, but they still haven't fully grasped the fact that, like, I don't know if we can turn back from this. I think food's just going to be expensive.
1: Have you changed your menu at all because of the costs?
4: We haven't had to change anything as a result of costs. We, we take a pretty seasonal approach to our menu, and then there are some mainstays. We make sure that we work really, really closely with our vendors to find out what's available, what's abundant, because you have two factors. It's not just pricing, but it's also availability. We, we don't have the same access to product as we once had.
1: Manish, we're also in a particularly tight labor market. How's hiring for for new positions going for you?
3: Very tough. You know, I like to use the example pre-COVID. We would uh, put an ad out uh, on you know Indeed and culinary agents. We would get uh, fifty plus, or sometimes you know, even hundred applications, and you know you make uh, your short list of ten candidates. Call them; they would all show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we barely get. 10 applications. You set up interviews. More than 50% don't want to respond. The others do, who do respond and uh, finalize the interview don't show up. So it's been a, mm. a pretty frustrating experience. And all we have to do is keep incentivizing to bring uh, the labor pool back. But, you know, it's a tough market. So, where are you
1: looking for help right now? What do you want to see from elected officials, Manish?
3: Respite. I think uh, the restaurant revitalization fund is extremely important. You know, right now we all are stretched thin. No, you know, end in sight with respect to costs. We just got hit with another hourly rate increase as of July 1st. Uh, Just to give you a perspective, uh, when I opened my restaurant in May of 2019, the uh, tip wages were $6.40 an hour or $0.50 an hour. Today they are um, 940. So, you know, almost a 50% increase in about yeah. three years. And uh, minimum wage itself has gone up. It's at 1540, and doesn't look like that's going to stop. Uh, every year we are anticipating an increase. So, we need support, uh, maybe the tax incentives. Uh, we also need education from the customer. You know, another critical aspect is the tip wages for a uh, for our front of the st- house staff. And what's happening is with, you know, higher costs of living mm-hmm. and, and restaurants, they're not tipping as much. So some of the tip problems that we're seeing are going down drastically, and um, that, that's, uh, you know, contributing to the problem. Because guess what? Who who ends up filling up the gap? We do.
1: Right, of course. Eric, if, if prices keep rising at, at this pace, How is that going to change your approach?
4: You know, we're in business. So, um, you know, whether we want to talk about food or we want to talk about just commodities as a whole, Mm -hmm. um, we, we buy a product, we fabricate that product, and then we sell that product as a finished item. So we have to move with the market. I don't think the biggest concern is how we are going to adjust to the marketplace. I think the biggest concern is how much larger the wealth gap between the middle class and the poor is going to be in our country if if we don't find a way to create some sense of resolve at the end of the day, if if we raise employees one dollar and that ends up being you know somewhere between eight to ten percent of their wage and their rent goes up twenty or thirty percent, their fuel cost goes up a hundred percent. At some point, you know, someone who is working hard every day, trying to make a living, is getting poor by working hard every day. Mm. They're not—they're not becoming any more secure in their place, mm-hmm. and that—that that creates a huge problem. It doesn't just create a huge problem for our citizens who are everyday workers working at home, but it creates a huge problem for our businesses because people tend to to you know become unsettled when they're working and they don't see reserve, results from their labor.
3: Yeah,
1: it sounds like you're, you're describing that paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck life that a lot of us know very well. Anything else you're looking for in the, in the coming months, then? What do you keep an
4: eye on? We're just paying close attention to how legislation affects the way that we operate. We're, we're paying very close attention, as Marise said, to this idea that like restaurants will need more revitalization funds. You know, we, we, we weren't classified as um, essential workers for no reason. Um, it's essential part of how people live, and eating is part of that. And we're not going back to the days where everyone is going to cook at home. It, that's just not a real space.
1: Yeah. Eric Williams is the owner and executive chef at Virtue Restaurant in Hyde Park, and Manish Malik is the owner of Rue Chicago and Bar Goa in River North. Thank you both. for Reset. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a rating and a review. And make sure you're subscribed. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks so much for listening. We'll meet again soon.